Welcome to the Blue Dot Podcast. Please join us as we discuss what's happening in Harrison County, Indiana. Hey, Harrison County. I'm Elmer Ramos. And I'm Graylin Porter, and you're listening to the Blue Dot Podcast. Hello, Democrats and friends. Welcome to episode seven. Lucky number seven. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling Yay. lucky, Graylin? Are you? Yeah, I, I am. You know, I'm on top of the world today. <laughs> You're going to see a whole new me after uh, this week. It was great. Everything's great. I, I think a huge weight has been lifted off massive. my shoulders. It's just massive. It feels so, so good. I had no idea how good it was going to feel. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, Things are going to happen regardless. Things are going to happen, but mm-hmm. they are happening. I mean, they're already happening. Yeah. We're well, back I mean, in the Paris climate accord. No, no. Hello. I mean, the negative stuff, the, the, the bad things, <laughs> the, the, the Trump oh, okay. stuff is still going to happen. There's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stuff yeah, happening. totally. But the fact that we have Joe Biden on the, in the White House. It's massive. It's going to be amazing. It's um, massive. Th- there was a cover in the to- the cover of the Times magazine. Oh, my gosh. I love that. that? Oh my God. It was like mm-hmm. exactly what I pictured. Uh, yes. We'll put a link office. in the show notes. Yeah. It's like Biden staring out of the Oval Office and it's just been completely trashed. There's graffiti <laughs> everywhere, papers everywhere. It's such a great Like cover. McDonald's on the day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's basically what's going on. Yeah. No, they're, I, they're just, it's been destroyed and he's got to build it back up. But I honestly think there is no better person for it to be than him. Exactly. And I mean, I, yeah, ex- I just think you know, he's, he's a perfect been there. person. He's been there. Yeah. He doesn't need to like a refresher or like be explained no. things like, and I yeah. didn't know this, but I, I, I just learned this today, actually, that uh, Biden had run for president several years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And I, yeah, I think this is like the most perfect time for him to be president. So it was like, yes. it's almost like it, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. And his life and, of course, all the tragedy in his life. And it's just it's he's the perfect person for the moment. And and the inauguration, I think, was just so perfect. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. And I I don't get into inaugurations too much, you know, um, but I was so excited to watch this one. And I just loved everything about it. And I mean, we can talk about Amanda Gorman. Oh, my God. I just, I mean, I mean she I, was like the highlight for me in a way. I yeah. was just like, oh my God, just the talent was just oozing from like her, I know. her essence, you know? Just immediately amazing. when she walked up, it was just like icon, like just immediately before she even started talking. And um, I, I thought it was so funny because right after she spoke, I was like, I wonder how many followers she has on Instagram. And so I went to her account and she had like 270,000 and I checked it again by the end of the day and she had almost 3 million. Oh my God. I know. Well, I'm and glad. I was like, I mean, oh that's amazing. Yeah. Good for her. I, I, I know. I need, I need to follow her. I mean, that's like, that's yeah, I need to make it happen. It's just, I can't imagine what she's going through. Yeah. It's uh, so I incredible. Very talented. She knew the right things to say. She kept mm-hmm. it like old school with new school. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Everything a lot of it. Hamilton references. I was I reading about how much Hamilton has influenced her. I know. Um, apparently it. like Hamilton helped her overcome her speech impediment, like what? by listening to Hamilton and like reciting it over and over again, she had oh. a speech impediment. And of course Biden had a stutter when exactly. he was a kid. Like, I don't know. The whole thing is just so incredible. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So what, what, what are your thoughts on, on the security and all that? I mean, were you, when you're watching the mm-hmm. inauguration, were you expecting anything negative? to happen? I, was, I wasn't expecting it, but I was a little nervous. I just felt like, wow. Tension. Yeah. Like that's gotta be kind of scary to be them. Yeah, you know, just was. like walking out way out in the open and who knows what's going on. And, you know, the fact that they've had they had to remove like members of the National Guard because they vetted them and found some threatening stuff with them. Like, so yeah. you don't even know if the people that are supposed to be protecting you might be dangerous. So it was just kind of scary to watch. Well, and then we go to the complete opposite of that, which is <laughs> Trump's uh, going away. Uh, I loved it. 
ridiculous. I loved it. I thought it was the perfect. I thought it was the perfect ending to the Trump presidency. You know, he's got like 13 people, 11 of which are his family on a tarmac, just like while he rambles and then gets in a plane to Frank Sinatra. I mean, like, hello. What does he even mean by saying? We will be back in some form. We love you. <laughs> Have a good life. Like, what? what is that? That's not, it just sounds He doesn't so, know what it means. It, it, it sounds very elementary. Just like the way he, I mean, I've always said this, but the way he talks, it's like, he doesn't have- He doesn't have words. Deep, deep words to share, like, yeah. emotion. I guess he's just emotional, mm-hmm. you know, has no feeling. Well, and, it, and in all honesty, I feel like that is something that, has gotten worse over the past four years. Like when I watch footage of him when he was running in 2016, he could speak much quicker, more off the cuff. Um, and now, you know, he he often has to record videos to wow. put out statements and things. He doesn't, he can't speak. I mean, he's not well. He is a yeah. mentally ill wow. person. I bet the the stress of being president. I mean, oh, not yeah. just not just him. I mean, you you, you remember Obama? He went oh in with gosh, a full yeah. head of, of black hair and he walks out. He came out like hair. an old man. <laughs> so I I know the stress of being president. Yeah, is pretty serious. But um, man, like I'm sure he was getting left and right, just like anxiety. So yeah, I mean, a busy mind cannot produce mm-hmm. good. Not sleeping, good you know. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, it was just a joke. Like, you know, like everything he does is, and, you know, we can talk, we don't have to talk about it too, too long, but we are on our, not Kent's episode, but the episode before with Glenn and uh, Leandra, we talked about the implications of Trump being deplatformed and um, taking off of Twitter and not going to the inauguration and, and all of that. And I think it was literally the best possible uh, scenario we could have dreamed for I, I and I didn't think that at the time I thought it was maybe dangerous but now it's just been the best gift that he cannot tweet he can't comment on anything he's gone yeah I completely agree I think it's I mean it that that weight is, 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 is has gone away mm-hmm. just overnight just not he's just- magically disappeared overnight he's gone and and if if he was on Twitter he would still be making news now I'm I'm curious. Did he get banned for life or? Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. Yeah, Holy he God. did. And um, I as far as I know, Facebook has no plans to bring him back either. Well, I, I have a feeling mm-hmm. that he's going to want to create his own platform, which is fine. Keep it. Keep well, it he fine. said I um last night I read that he he is threatening to start a third party, like political party. The, the MAGA party. And I hope to God he does. I think that would be the best possible thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think he already did go for it. Well, yeah, he already has. Yeah. Um, It's just now just giving it an official name. Yeah. So they can be over there and we know. So I was thinking about this actually, that he has created his own party in a way. And I was thinking, yeah. what would the mascot be for this party? And then I saw a political cartoon that was the uh, uh, hippo for being hypocrites. Yes. hypocrites. <laughs> I was That's like, perfect. That's perfect. We should. Uh, yes, <laughs> that, should be that, that is so perfect. Yeah. Which I, I have a bone to pick. I know we're going a little long and this is irrelevant, yeah. but I have a bone to pick with the fact that the Democratic Democratic Party has a donkey as yeah I think I know from from start from the start I think that should have been changed yeah it's it's pretty dumb (laughs) and I feel kind of kind of silly saying but I have no idea why like I don't know the history I'll tell you why okay let me tell you let me tell you so um and this is what I heard I was listening to the wilderness podcast by yes I've wanted to listen to that and never have and so they kind of broke it down and the reason why uh there's a donkey as a symbol for the Democratic Party is because um Andrew Jackson um, oh boy he when he decided to run as a democrat and and allow you know the people to to vote the idea of uh letting people have a voice was people thought it was like a jackass move it was like oh. the equivalent to having um a bunch of jackasses running the country 
And so gotcha. they gave him the nickname uh, Andrew Jackass. And so okay. instead of instead of him, um, like you know, like going against it, he he like went for it and he started right co-opted it. Campaigns. Yeah. And so the donkey became a symbol for him. And so then they couldn't say anything about it. And then eventually that just stuck. But wow. the issue I have with is that essentially at this time period the democratic party was was like the republican party now and yeah. so mm -hmm. and, and and the 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 way that the symbolism of the donkey came into life it's it's ridiculous i, I yeah we should maybe campaign to uh or, or put a petition out to pick a new a new yeah. animal for the party because this is i'm all for ridiculous. it so that was kind of my, I, they go into more detail about it, but it's the uh, Wilderness podcast. And yeah, I wanted to listen to that one for a long time and I have not. I really recommend it. I think Sarah Blessing, when, when we had her on, mm -hmm. she was the one who, who told me about it. And I think it's amazing. It gives you a good history of the Democratic Party and how it evolved and became yeah. what it is today. Um, it's, and as far as local news goes, it's been pretty, pretty slow. There's not a lot going on um, locally as far as I know, if you know anything, uh, let us know. I did, um, and I'll put a photo in the show notes, but um, I was able to snap a photo of a rather large dumpster that's been put out in front of the Wright Center downtown Corydon, where the Parks Department is hoping to move. And they were ripping out carpets and kind of hauling things out as if they're going to be moving there, which they are, but there has been no funding uh, approved for the renovation. So that's a little odd. Randa Deaton emailed us. She's a um, dear friend and, you know, uh, volunteer with the Democrats here in Harrison County. And she said, um, just kind of paraphrasing, jumping down. Um, she said, I want to comment on the foreign owned comment by the commissioner. I grew up Democrat with my entire family and unions and the idea of American owned with good paying jobs and profits staying in the U.S., was always the mantra that kept union folks as Dems. Clinton signing NAFTA was a source of a lot of conflict and unions felt like he sold them out. Some believe a global economy was coming anyway, but I get the concern that free trade did send jobs to other low wage countries in the Clinton era and beyond. With that said, the UAW, United Auto Workers, does not allow foreign owned cars in the parking lot, although may now be union made like the CAW, Canadian Auto Workers. I realized the masks had nothing to do with who owned the gas station and it was actually Canadian owned. However, I just wanted to bring to your attention that these type of comments are ones I've heard my entire life from unions in my family who are all Dems. I don't doubt xenophobia may have played a role, but I've always understood the American owned preference to be a democratic value based on union. Trump made trade policies a huge part of his work and gained lots of union workers, possibly for other reasons, though. And I agree with her. That is been a big pillar, you know, of, of the Democratic platform is our tie to unions. Um, and it's a great point. Um, unfortunately, though, Jim Heikemper is a Republican, and so he doesn't really believe in unions or at least a lot of Republicans don't believe in unions. So I'm not sure if, given that they're coming from him, those comments are different to me a little bit. It it, does that make sense? Like, I mean- It just sounds like finding some kind of reason to say something without putting any thought behind it, which is like right. the repertoire that they have essentially. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Going back and to of course, the hypocrisy. Uh, right. <laughs> Right. Um, and obviously, we want to give people the benefit of the doubt. And he said he was misquoted and we've reached out to him to come on and he has not responded. But, you know, it's it's not a it's a complicated, you know, his his comment was so vague and weird that, again, it's open to all these different interpretations. And it, this is a great point from Randa. And we, we thank her very much for sending it in. I was um, I was curious about how the government in Harrison County functions, and I remember I interviewed uh, Richard Gettelfinger a while back during our right before the election and all that. Um, and so I asked him, "What um, what is what does a commissioner do? What is the responsibility of a commissioner?" And I, his response was like, "Imagine Harrison County being this ship and." 
the commissioner is the captain of the ship. And so you need to just learn how to navigate the waters and you need to also command your crew, which I guess it would be like the council and working mm-hmm. with them to, to, you know, like get the, stir the ship in the right direction. Um, and yeah. I thought that was such a great metaphor. But it is. I, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, what, what's, uh, how does the, the government function here? Yeah. <laughs> or, um, you know, I, this is obviously, I've said before, stuff that I didn't really know myself until relatively recently. And so um, it's so easy to not pay any attention to the local government because things just kind of happen and it, nothing's very dramatic. You know, we joke a lot about the, the, the big dramas or with the parks department moving into a building. They haven't, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, it's yeah. very parks and rec. If you watch that show, have you watch <laughs> yeah. that show. Oh okay. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because if you live <laughs> here, in, if you live here in, you know, Harrison County, that show is really funny but it also hits really close. Oh, like it's I mean, like it's exact. I'm not even going to. It's exactly. exactly. I don't even know if it's a parody. Yeah, it's exactly. So maybe they're inspired by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, in some ways, you just have to commit to getting invested in in this stuff, which I obviously have in the past couple of years. But um, we, yeah, we have three commissioners and seven county council members. And the commissioners basically, you know, decide on projects that they are going to do and um, the direction the county is going to go. And the council is in charge of creating the budget and funding the projects the commissioners decide to do. And that's why things have been really tough between the council and the commissioners in the past few years, because the commissioners keep agreeing to do things that the council either doesn't agree with or is almost impossible for them to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Example being this Watson Road Connector project Mm -hmm. down in the south of the county. We took on a bunch of roads from the state and how are we going to fund the upkeep of these roads? Like Mm -hmm. they they didn't go that far in the thinking. And so now the council, they are responsible for funding the up finding the money to keep up 30 miles of road that we've inherited from the state now, but they didn't make that decision, but they're tasked with having to make the funding work, which is really unfair for them. It's just poor, you know, working to collaboration. Yeah. There's just, there's just a literal, there's, there's no relationship between them. And I've been at County council meetings where the council members have literally said this, you know, they've said our relationship with the commissioners is terrible it doesn't work and something needs to be done about it. And of course they said that when they knew they were off camera, we, they were on a, a five minute break and cameras weren't rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was sitting there with my mom and, and we heard them say that. So, well, you know, it's that, not a secret or anything. I find that interesting that, you know, Harrison County residents keep electing these people, but I guess they do not know that, that this is happening that they're being elected on a personal level like oh i like you i know you you're Mm -hmm. a republican i'll vote for you but this is what's really happening there's miscommunication or there's no communication and this is what like the outcome of this is what's affecting our county and we need to find a way we need to put the right people so that there's better collaboration and Mm -hmm better care of our county because yeah and 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 you know we can joke about it being kind of silly issues but in a lot of ways they're not they are they make big big decisions for people who live here Mm -hmm. um that affect your life quite a bit but and and i agree with what you said that people are electing them on a personal level and i think that's how that used to be here but lately i think it's just Republican down the line. I, I don't know if it matters who you are anymore. Really? Because Just as long as you say you're a Republican, you're elected. Yeah, I think so. Because if you look at Richard Gurdon, who got elected in 2020, <laughs> he used to be a Democrat. He was on the county council as a Democrat okay. for a long time. But he knew there was no chance in hell he was going to win if he was a if he ran as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. 
So he switched parties, ran as a Republican and won. But everyone knows Richard Gurdon and likes Richard Gurdon. So he should have been able to win as the D, but he couldn't. Uh, you know, wow. so so it's it doesn't really matter. It's as wow. long you have to be the right person and you have to have the right letter after wow. your name. There's four council seats that are districted. So Kyle Nix, Ross Schultz, Holly Kastetter, and Brad Wiseman are in districts. And you, um, I don't know if you can only vote for, so that would be up, that, they're all up in 2022. And I think you can only vote for them if you live in their district, but I'm not positive on that. You can only run if you live in the districts. Yeah. So if you you can only run for that district, if you live in that district Mm -hmm. and we'll have links for anyone out there listening that wants to know who their district uh, council person is. Um, But, you know, so you have those four people and then you have the three at large people that can be from anywhere and everyone can vote for them. But if you look at the seven member county council that we have right now, you've got Kyle Nix, Richard Gurdon, Donnie Hassung, and I think Ross Schultz, I can't, I can't remember quite, I'll have to double check. They are all former Democrats. Wow. They all used to be Democrats and they switched to Republicans to, to get elected mm-hmm. to office. Mm-hmm. So a majority of our county council used to be Democrat but they know they can't get elected that way. So they switched to being Republican. And so it's so weird. It, it's just so weird. Yeah, but that, with that being said, that doesn't mean they're also following a, a democratic agenda, even though they're exactly. parties. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you would switch so that you could get elected, but then still fulfill your agenda as a Democrat, right? I don't know. That's oh, my, yeah. my thinking. I mean, but it doesn't sure. sound like that's what they were. That's I'm not sure. what they did. No, that's not what they did. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I don't necessarily know that they are living out a Republican agenda either. They just wanted to get elected. It's they don't just, see it as a, a like title. A, yeah, it's just a, it's just a, like a formality. Oh. And for me, especially during the Trump years, I just can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine putting a letter, you know, R next to my name and tying myself to Trump in any way, shape or form, if I did not agree with him. Right. Embarrassing. Right. (laughs) And, and you have, you know, I know there's, I don't know for sure about those four people, but you know, I can make assumptions by things I've heard them say and do that they're probably not huge fans of Trump. Maybe, you know, I'm just making an assumption. They never even made a statement. I mean, we we did exactly. We've asked them for statements on what happened at the Capitol. You know, no one said anything, but but I can I can maybe assume that they would be a little, uh, you know, uh, wary of Trump's behavior, and yet they don't care. They say, okay, I'll yeah. I'll run as a Republican, and anyway, so that that's kind of a history of what the council is, and I think it's important to know that locally that you had kind of a huge shift in 2016 that's when they all switched wow and then of course you have your superior court and circuit court judges and um all the other elected offices but we have almost 100 percent of the elected offices are republican we have democrats have one trustee in morgan township fred Ull, who is a democrat he'll be up for uh re-election in 2022 and in a couple township board people that are Democrat uh, throughout the county. But other than that, everyone's a Republican. Slowly but surely, we'll, we'll start making some kind of change. I hope. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. It'll swing back. Today, we're joined uh, by James Goldman. He ran for Harrison County Commissioner this past fall in 2020. And he is a former commissioner. He was commissioner when the Riverboat Casino came into the county. And so he has a wealth of knowledge as far as how Harrison County government should function, how it has functioned in the past, and what it's like now. Hi, James. Thank you, Graylin and Elmer. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, James, you were a county commissioner before. You ran for county commissioner this year. What does a county commissioner actually do? Because I know 
we are kind of inside baseball here and we know and we're into it, but, but people that listen to our show probably actually don't know what that means. So could you tell us a little bit? Sure. I guess in a, if you was going to concise it down, you'd say, well, the commissioners are the CEOs of the county. Right. But they're more than just a CEO. I mean, they are the executive and the legislative branch of government for county government. Mm-hmm. And when you look at executive branch, that means that they negotiate and sign contracts, and they, they also serve as the financial board of the county. And I'll explain that in just a minute. Basically, what that means mm-hmm. is that council allocates money for a certain project or something. They are responsible to see that that is followed through as the council intended. Okay. And uh, uh, they are the commissioners are also in charge of all the buildings and equipment for the county. Mm-hmm. All land owned, boats and bridges were in charge of all them. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, it's not a two meeting a month. Uh, no. Job. Yeah. It's... It's pretty, yeah. It's, it's pretty much a full time job. If you yeah. do your job as you should, you follow through with things. I mean, commissioners have to keep track of the the highway workers maintaining mm-hmm. all the roads, working on yeah. numerous projects and keep abreast of those projects, see how they're going. And uh, there's just a lot of things that they do uh, on a daily basis like that. Right. Uh, right. It's a big, big job. They all, yes, it is. And they also sit on numerous boards. Uh, commissioners are members of the solid waste board. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also a one uh, one commissioner that was appointed to serve on the economic development board, uh, mm-hmm. the alcohol and beverage board. Mm-hmm. And we have the alternative school and lifelong learning, all these numerous boards like that. The commissioners have a seat on those boards so that they are fully apprised of what the boards are doing and how things are working out in the county. Right. The commissioners also attend all of the council meetings. Uh, wow. They're oh. Usually all three of them try to attend. That way they are fully apprised of what the council is doing and uh, can yeah. interject their thoughts into the process and so that's the that's the basic thing of when you look at it, but uh, the main thing is the uh, they're in charge of like I said all the buildings, uh, the hospital for instance. People don't mm-hmm. think of it that that is a hospital, and so we're responsible for that hospital. We mm-hmm. have meetings with the board uh, once a year as far as our financial situation. Libraries in the county, we yeah. we own those libraries. County owned yeah. libraries. Yeah. Um, purchases, wow. health and safety. Uh, health and safety, golly, with COVID, oh, we are yeah. involved, not me, but the commissioners yeah. are involved in the COVID fight right now. They've allocated mm-hmm. money to the health department to fight COVID. And mm-hmm. so they are a pretty busy bunch yeah. and uh, it's a responsible job. Yeah. And I think people need to, and that's the reason we wanted to have you on and, and to do this this topic because, you know, and I'm I'm guilty of this. I didn't realize how important these people are, you know, you know, in our daily lives. And we have the power to put the people in, in these positions. And so when you're going to vote for your county commissioner, it's, you really need to think about who you're putting there because it's, is a massive step in deciding what direction this county is going to go in. And I know that I've witnessed this at county council meetings this past year, that the the relationship between the council and the commissioners is not high functioning right now, <laughs> if I were to put it uh, in a you know nice way. It seems that they have a hard time communicating and collaborating. Would you agree with that? Well, I I haven't attended any meetings of late, but but I have heard that and I've heard you speak of it. And mm-hmm. and, I, and I will say this: sometimes it is a, a negotiation, so to speak. And it can become contentious, but you must always, in my mind, you must always be respectful of the council's mm-hmm. views, understand where they're coming from on their concerns. And mm-hmm. at the same time, commissioners share responsibility, too, of working with the council, informing them what they're doing, and include them in decision making as far as the monies and how it's spent and where it's going to go. And uh, I think that would go a long way in, with any group. Uh, whether that's their problem, I don't know, but I, I know that there has been a lot of contention prior to the board we have right today. I'm, right. I'm not sure about that, but I know there has been a lot of contention. And But as to what it really, uh, the pinpoint of it is, I'm not sure. 
But I just know that you do have to have an open mind in working with your fellow members. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a position that you need to have the people's best interest in mind instead of yourself and your friends, you know? <laughs> if only. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and, and well, you need to understand what your role is. Yes. You mm -hmm. know, uh, the commissioners, it's their job. Let's just say, the courthouse downtown. I know they was working on a project there. Yeah. It's the commissioners to go out, take bids on that project, determine what they're going to do, uh, initiate a change order if, if one comes along, and sometimes it does when you get into a project, and explain that to the council. Mm -hmm. And the council needs to understand, and some of them may not, but what they need to understand, their job is to either fund the money or not fund the money. Mm -hmm. So you have to, through talking with people who work inside the courthouse, what the problems are, what it takes to fix it. And as far as the cost, you bid those projects. And by law, are supposed to accept the low bidder unless there is a, a reason that you feel that the higher bidder could do a better job. Gotcha. So, so I didn't realize that, that, that you're obligated to choose the lowest bidder. Is that what you just said? Did I understand that right? Yes. Okay. You're supposed to choose. I think the law states it as the lowest and best bid. Gotcha. That word best gives you a little leeway. Mm -hmm. But typically, the low bidder is uh, these people who do this type of work are very qualified. And I know we have a construction management firm in our county, and uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> they've worked lots of times on different projects. They've done a very good job. Uh, mm -hmm. But we've had firms outside the county who have been the ones who got the project, and they've done good work. You just have to weigh out everything on the project, look at everything, and then make a decision. And hopefully the council will agree to that. Yeah. One big reason we, we wanted to have you on, too, is you are such a wealth of knowledge as far as the, the Riverboat Casino and the way the revenue works and kind of its origin story. Um, you were a commissioner when it came in, is that correct? I, actually, the uh, riverboat came to Indiana in May. I think the contract was signed in May of 1999. Okay. And I, I didn't take office till 2000. Oh, okay. First term. Okay, so <clears throat> right, be, right be after. Okay. Yeah, um, right after. Basically, negotiations and things were done. But, you know, how it first came about, the state, as we all know, the state decided to allow riverboat gaming on mm -hmm. the Ohio River. And when they done that, to be honest, they wanted Floyd County to get it because they live right on that I-65 corridor. Right. But Floyd County voted it down. They, I don't know why they did, but they voted it down. Well, two years later, we wanted to bid on it. And the state says, well, Floyd County is going to bid again. They're going to vote on it again. So they did. Floyd County got to vote on it two times. And <laughs> two times they turned down and i don't know what the issues were i don't recall all that mm -hmm. but i know that when when it came to our turn and that was uh, later on two years another two years went by because we had to have an election to do all these votings and our commissioners at the time i was not a commissioner but the commissioners at the time in conjunction with the economic development board and other leading citizens in the community decided you know we need to form a committee to find out about riverboats, see what's good about them, see what's bad about them, what we should be concerned about, and is it going to be a good thing for Harrison County? Right. And I recall when they did my old high school principal, Eddie Pittman, what was happened to be <laughs> on that board. Mm -hmm. And uh, they went to, and I don't remember which riverboats, but I think they went down to Tunica, Mississippi and other places where there had been riverboats in use for a few years, you know, operating. And the, I think there was also a newspaper reporter that went with them. And they came back and made a report, which was published in the paper. And, and they said, you know, all we see was positive things. You know, right. the, the amount of money that comes in, the way they run their business. We actually visited the casinos. And I think that played a major role yeah. in Harrison County going for the casino. And the vote only won by, I think it was 157 votes when we voted okay. on that. It just, it was, it was a close race as to whether right. we would allow casino Harrison County or not. But that's how the decision was made that we would put a riverboat uh, in Harrison County. Okay. And, uh, 
And so, so as so far the as the funding and, and, you know, you've, you've talked about this to me, but, but the community foundation, it was established immediately with the uh, It was established in 1999. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the county had a law firm. I don't remember the name of the firm, but I remember the gentleman's name who was on it. It was John Van Buskirk. And he helped with the negotiations for the county in establishing everything that we needed, the amount of money that was going to be sent in and the percentages where they went, and also for the community foundation, establishing a community foundation here in Harrison County. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, uh, just, just to tell you how much Caesars helped us, the initial investment that Caesars gave to Harrison County Community Foundation to start the foundation was $5 million. Wow. That, that was a huge gift. Yeah. And uh, that was that was the thing that got our foundation started. And the foundation from there has grown. I really don't know how much money is in it, but I'm going to suggest it's probably over $200 million mm-hmm. in the foundation now. Yeah. And it's I been a great... It's, yeah. They, they report... I think they give quarterly reports at county council meetings, and I, I, I can't remember what the total was the last time they were there. I uh, I get the uh, the newspapers they send out, mm-hmm. and I get those on a Looks for my latest one, and I couldn't find it. But, uh, you know... the. <laughs> It was just such a an income of money coming mm-hmm. to the county, and it's, it's like it encourages philanthropism, where people can be a philanthropist and involve themselves or their business in helping our county to grow, helping it to do better things. If, mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers that have been given because of the foundation, you know yeah. these kids exit high school, and there's several dollars worth of scholarships given out every year, mm-hmm. and it's to all the different have in the county. And it's just been tremendous. Uh, the high-speed internet that's started, we, it's mm-hmm. not a completed job, ongoing, but mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how much money they put into it, but I know there were several million dollars that the county, in conjunction with the foundation, created enough money to help mainstream get a good start of, of putting internet service in. Like I said, we're not there. It, uh, I need it myself. It's a couple miles away, but get them to come here, it seems to be pretty difficult. Right. And and back at the beginning, you know, in the first several years, was there a larger focus on roads and maintaining the roads and with riverboat revenue? Because that's kind of a narrative I've had told to me most of my life is that, you know, we have all our roads nicely paved because of the boat. Is that true? (laughs) That is true. Uh, Yeah. Again, there was the commissioners created uh, with the with the Economic Development Corp held meetings all over this county, and the public was invited to attend. It, it mm-hmm. was a wide undertaking, and they met it in different places, at the, usually at the schools, where they had plenty of room. And they just they asked for suggestions. What do you think we need? And the number one thing was we're tired of gra- driving on old gravel roads where you don't even have room to pass someone or meet someone, you know, yeah. safely. And that mm-hmm. was the number one priority. And so that was the first thing that the, the commissioners looked at as far as spending huge amounts of money. And I can tell you, uh, like I said, I came on in 2000. It was the first year of having a full year's income. Mm-hmm. And as far in the council allocated $3 million for road improvement. That's $1 million per district. And to my knowledge, they still allocate that much today. And do you so think that's, that's necessary today? Well, the, a lot of people think that it's not. Mm-hmm. But the problem of it is roads don't stay perfect. Right. They need up. They need up. Right. And I can, I've traveled some of the roads here just lately that were blacktopped, maybe widened some and new drainage systems put in and blacktopped back in 2000. And here you are 21 years out, and it's, they're showing some age. Mm-hmm. And they need to be back and readdressing them. That's right. why I kind of question it. Do we need to be building a brand new road at Lanesville <laughs> all the way to 64? But we need to yeah. be looking at these roads and maybe resurfacing them or fixing them, chip and seal, whatever they do, do something to them before they deteriorate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because that's, that's right. something that I, I want to, you know, I, I, while we have you to ask you, because someone like me, you know, I hear those kind of numbers and I think, well, if 
if those were the numbers we we gave the highway department at the beginning and you know we have all these roads now and is it you know is it too much or is it not i don't actually know any of that information you know i'm clueless when it comes to what it costs to maintain roads so i don't want to have a judgment on something i don't understand and so if if it is a good use of the riverboat revenue to maintain our roads then then great you know um and i i wish we had more information from the county itself on where this money goes i i have kind of a hard time finding uh this information where where the riverboat money is going and i don't know if that's just me or elmer you might i actually don't know anything i mean my my main questions about this was more or less like how we as a county are becoming more dependent on this right. money and how we can are we investing it more so that we can be self-sustaining because what happens if you take away the casino that was kind of my concern like do we depend mm-hmm. on this money too much what do you think james well, let me let me uh uh refer back to the foundation for a minute mm-hmm. in the original contract with the foundation it was it was stated in the contract that after the foundation reached $50 million, that all the money going into the foundation would then revert to the county general fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in 2006, I think, six years into my, it would be early in my second term as a commissioner, that they reached that six, that $50 million. And that means they couldn't receive any more money from the river. They just stopped them. Mm-hmm. And it was all to revert to the county general fund. And I, personally, I had a problem with that because I thought, you know, you start commingling the riverboat money with the county general fund. And that's where you. That's, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yes. Because that I think that's why it's so hard to know what the riverboat is funding is because it it is, you know, combined with county general fund so there's really no way to know maybe well it's it's not because uh, yeah the commissioners talked talked about it at that time jr eckert myself and jim hockey mm-hmm. and we approached the ceo at caesars and we told him you know we'd like to we don't want to take all the money away from the foundation we want them to continue to get some money but under the contract it says you it all goes to the county now so it became a yeah. contentious a thing of tension because they said, well, look, if you're going to open the contract up, everything's on the table. Everything in the contract's on the table. And I said, no, we don't want to do that. We just want this one item taken care of. And eventually, through talking with them, there was a couple of things um, that they wanted to change as well. And so we went back to the original attorney, John Van Buskirk, got him on board to help us with it. And the contract was opened up for that one item concerning us only. And there was a couple smaller items and it did not amount to much. And what we did, we allowed the money that was going to Caesars at the time, we allowed 50% of that money to continue to go there. And that other 50% came to the county mm-hmm. and we created, they now call the community fund. And it's like okay. an, an annuity. The money right. goes into the that fund is separate from the, it, it's basically riverable money. We call it the, the uh, mm-hmm. community fund. And, by definition, as I understand it, if I recall this correctly, they can only remove 5% of the total money that's in that fund in any given year. Okay. Given the amount that's in it today, about $120 million, that means they can, the council and the commissioners both have to agree on it, but they can pull out $6 million mm-hmm. this year. They Which need they, it for a project. They almost- that- did in 2020 they pulled out 4.5 i think yeah, didn't I, they? I knew they yeah. did. Mm-hmm. i remember some and whoever was helping them with the uh with the yes. budget mm-hmm. uh, he larger figure which was above what they legally could take yes i, I, was, I, I went back in. and looked that up today yeah he he told them to take nine i was thinking that yeah and I, I i was i heard that because i'm going down there and tell him you can't do that Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I'm that's not sure okay. I, so the the point is, that money's there and it continues to grow. And should something happen, and you know, you think, oh well, what's going to happen? Well, who would have thought we're at uh-huh. where we are today? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, the it money happened. coming in, you know, it's diminished because. 
people aren't going gaming, you know, mm-hmm. um, people work, they're spending their money on half two things instead of leisure things. Right. So and anyway, I've had a, yeah. And I've, I've talked to a couple people that, you know, they've expressed real concern about Kentucky legalizing gaming and, and that, they say that's a very real possibility. And, you know, what happens to us when that happens? Mm-hmm. And so that's something to think about. Um, and, and to their credit, I will say Richard Gurdon is the only person that comes to mind that I know for sure said this when he was running, but um, he did run for county council this fall with kind of the, the attitude that we are way too dependent on riverboat money and we need to address that. And so I do want to give him credit for that. And it's good that he's on there. Right. And there's a lot of things that there's money being spent on something that have been created. And I can tell you, should that riverboat leave here for any reason, some of those things would go away. Mm-hmm. I, I just know because you can't continue to fund things that probably we shouldn't even be doing anyway. Yeah. Uh, luckily, we have a, a, a good buffer with the $120 million that's in the community fund. But mm-hmm. but you are correct. Kentucky yeah. is sitting there. Who knows what's going to happen with the new owners of the of the gaming facility. Yeah, now. that's we had that uh, in our notes to ask you if if you had any insight on what that would do or if it affects things at all. Well, I don't think it will affect anything to do with Harrison County's agreement with them. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's always contributed large sums of money uh, to the city of Louisville and maybe other places in Kentucky for for thunder over Louisville and things like that. They, they participated in that and right. helped them. And that was kind of a buffer to help them uh, with different things. I don't know if there's any kind of agreement with uh, the Cherokee Nation to do anything like that or not. And so that mm-hmm. is a concern. Yeah, and, that's true. And I can tell you, there was a state legislator in Floyd County who was trying to convince the state to take the riverboat out of Harrison County when it was a boat mm-hmm. and move it up to Floyd by the bridges because he said that's the place it ought to be. Well, they voted it down twice, but he wanted to <laughs> circumvent that, take it back yeah. up there. And he's a, yeah. I think he's a very nice guy, but he didn't make sense in what he said. He said, you know, that's where you're going to have more people visiting the boat. It is kind of out in the middle of the cornfield as a saying used to go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but that's, that's the things that you're right. It's, it's what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we don't know. Yeah. and also, you know, the talk about, well, what about the state of Indiana? Mm-hmm. Maybe the state would say, you know, you all have enough money in reserve. Maybe maybe we'll just take that. <laughs> so, and so I think what it means, we need to be frugal. We need to be careful how we spend our riverboat money. And uh, we need to spend it on things that will enhance our future. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking to us about it. Um, it, it really, it's, it's stuff that people want to know, but they don't know how to find it out. And so we're hoping to, to be that resource for them and, and you're a big help in doing it. Okay. Well, it's been my pleasure to be here and I hope I've helped uh, you all and the rest of the people listening that they can better understand some of the things. I, you know, I realize we can't all go to all the meetings that the commissioners and council have. No. People have their own yes. work and their family. Exactly. But uh, we rely in the past heavily on the, the newspaper to put out accurate information for us so we can know that. And mm-hmm. I think the, the work you're doing is helping people to understand what's going on in our county. In thank our you, James. We're trying. All right, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. All, right, all right. Have a great you. day. Okay, bye. bye. Wow, Graylin, what a wealth of information we just got from James. Yes, he is. James knows everything. (laughs) Hopefully we can have him on to just learn more. I mean, he he just knows Mm -hmm. so much about this. But I want to. He would have been uh, a wonderful commissioner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I don't know. Do you think think he'll run again? Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) I would never presume. Well, to change the subject a little bit, I wanted to ask you, you know, things have changed a lot in in the last weeks, but what what has been keeping keeping me going? Yeah, uh, I don't need as much to keep me going these days. You know, this week I was like, well, I'm just going normally because Trump's not the president and I'm feeling good. But uh, I I mentioned on our New Year's episode that I need to get my knives sharpened. (laughs) 
And I really love to cook. Like I cook a lot and I have two pretty nice knives and I feel like a huge loser because they're not sharp and I have to like take them somewhere to sharpen them. And then, you know, I don't do that. Yeah. Well, you can't take them anywhere now. Yeah. And I don't want to do that now. And so I made the mistake of like asking Andrew, Hey, do you think you could sharpen them? (laughs) And if anyone knows Andrew, uh, a week or two later, he's ready. He's done that much research and he's bought like all these sharpening tools. Oh my word. And he's full on. Everything I have is sharpened. It's fantastic and I'm loving it. <laughs> I saw that video you uh, posted. Yeah, I took a video oh, of him man. sharpening. Is... And he's got like his beard and his long hair now and he's sharpening <laughs> knives. It's just, it's kind of a scary situation. Well, that, that, that kind of leads me into uh, what I was going to mention, which is survivor, yeah. just like the survivor <laughs> yeah. skills, you know? I love it. How to sharpen your blade. <laughs> I love it. Still, still watching. Yeah, I'm still, well, you know how I am. I kind of hate myself mm-hmm. for watching it, but at the same time, it's yeah. just, one of those things where like this amazing social experiment and i guess i, I love social experiments i guess mm-hmm. that's, that's what i'm learning and i yeah, actually it's great. even considered uh applying for survivor <laughs> i have too really? i oh i've oh i've considered it maybe we should do it together without yeah. telling anybody <laughs> i know i i actually i can't remember if i actually did send in a video one time i think Whoa. maybe i did i it was like Crazy. you know dumb like i didn't try or anything but I I think I did. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I would go on it. Andrew and I have that conversation a lot. Like, not only w- would you go on, but if you would be good at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we talk and, about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then also, I love to talk about which challenges I'd be good at. What, what would you be good at? The like endurance ones where you just have to like stand, yeah, stand on the there. little post yeah. for hours. I, I would, that. I would rock those yoga skills would definitely pay off. Yeah. I, I could do those. Yeah. I, I, I could I, not do the obstacle courses. I feel like I would be pretty good at obstacles and also puzzles. I love, I'm a nerd oh. when it comes to puzzles. It's like, you know, I, 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 I just love figuring things out. I think the print printmaker in me the, uh, mm-hmm. likes to problem solve or the designer in me yeah. likes to want problem solve things really fast so I think that that would I would be a complete nightmare on the puzzles <laughs> I mean I there's there's literally no way I could do any of those Good. puzzles and I love how like they they pick out the puzzle people at the beginning of the season yeah and then those are your puzzle people and and the challenges and we don't have to talk about survivor anymore but just real quick <laughs> The challenges is, I think the producers of the show pick the challenges based on who's left. Yes. Like, you know, if they've got like, they want this person to stay in, so they're going to make it a puzzle challenge. Well, I was thinking the other way around. Uh, They want to try to get some people eliminated. So they'll put those challenges up and knowing Mm -hmm. that that person's going to be as good, give them a little bit more of a challenge or incentive to continue work harder or all that. Exactly. All right, but it's a fabulous, it's a fabulous oh. show. The end. <laughs> okay, officially, this is our last Survivor talk. We won't we bring promise. it up ever again. We promise. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Well, I, I wanted to talk about kind of going back to inauguration, the Bernie yes. meme. Uh, okay, I've got a hot take. So, <laughs> so okay, on Instagram, our, we are on Instagram now. By the way, for I, I want to mention it oh, here yeah. on the show. Yes. Yeah, we're on Instagram, Blue Dot Harrison County. Go follow us there. Um, I'm I'm going to be posting things hopefully daily or so, somewhat daily. Um, but I put out you know a question box: What's getting you through the week? And we'll probably do this every week or every episode, but. Every single person on Facebook and Instagram said the Bernie meme, the Bernie memes are getting them through. I have a real hot take about this Bernie thing. I think we're on the same page, but I want to go ahead and what's your take on this? Well, first of all, I thought it was hilarious. Like when we first saw the picture of him, it was during the inauguration, someone tweeted it out and I laughed so hard and it's super funny. Like the picture of him sitting there is super funny because he's Bernie Sanders and he doesn't give a shit about the inauguration. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, that's why yeah. the picture's funny. And so now it was kind of funny if you put him like on the Game of Thrones chair or, you know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. but just it's way too much now. Wait, what do you mean too much? I, I just feel like there's just too many of them. There's I, too many of them. Are- 
I think there's a deep symbolism in, in, in all this and, and, and just how it represents the, the time period that we're in. Yes. But then it's also being used in a, in a funny way and also kind of throws off the content of it. Yes. And so I posted something to my personal Instagram stories. Someone wrote, and I'll, I'll link it up, but it's a really great caption about what Bernie, like him, him sitting in that chair in that jacket, wearing that mask really represents what he is about and why what he is about is so important. And it's so, yeah, I agree. Like it's almost like people are missing the point. Yeah, exactly. Of why it's, why it's funny. It's not funny because he's just sitting in a chair with his arms crossed and you know, don't get me wrong. I don't want to throw, throw shade at any listeners that think it's funny. It it's hilarious. Like the pictures are hilarious. I agree. They're funny. I don't think are understanding why he is the grumpy old curmudgeon he is. Yes. And it goes, it it goes deeper. It goes (laughs) deeper into it. And I mean, it's, it's about, he's not worried about his looks or or Mm -hmm. his presentation. I mean, yeah. uh, He's not wearing a really expensive suit for the inauguration. Mm -hmm. He is just, I mean, the gloves that he's wearing were, weren't they knitted by a teacher? Yes. Like, yes. And, uh, you know, all these little things, I think that are, you know, what what we're all about. We're about the people that that this glamour, that like Mm -hmm. being a politician and like having to show yourself in this manner, that's secondary. That doesn't mean anything. Like this is, yes. And yeah, that is what he is all about. He is about. And he's the definition of walking the walk. I mean, I mean, you know, and, and so I think that's why it was funny because you have this, this event that just pomp and circumstance, you know, times a thousand, and then you have him, but it's, it's also really important. And that, that's why I love him, you know? And so, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's just such an interesting, and in the way it's blown up, the way it has is strange. Yeah. Uh, so some of them are still funny. I'm not going to. Oh, yeah. Oh, a lot of them are like, hilarious. It, you know, also, you can you can change the symbolism by using it the wrong way. And yes. I think that that's, I guess, where I kind of draw the line. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that kind of doesn't make sense. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I didn't mean to totally. get into a deep uh, Bernie memes discussion. No, I but, know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it is, you know, and, and uh, it's 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 so interesting because you know, other than the Bernie memes, everyone said um, uh, the inauguration was the other thing that was keeping them going. But then we did have one one person say pickleball, which well, I was wait, like, wow, that's great. What is pickleball? Pickleball is a, uh, it's kind of like racquetball or f- mixed with Foursquare. It's a game that you play at the YMCA. Was that the one with the wall? That you hit no, that's well, that's racquetball, but, oh. but but pickleball, you have kind of a four square court and it's played out in the middle of the basketball courts at uh-huh. the Y. And I don't want to, I'm not stereotyping, but it is mostly retirees that play pickleball. My <laughs> aunt Liz, who called into our New Year's show, loves pickleball and plays a, a lot. Very and cool. so I just wanted to shout out that listener that I'm glad that you're doing what you love. Yeah, Graylin, we should uh, start a pickleball team. Yeah, <laughs> I've never played. I don't know either. Uh, it sounds like fun. Maybe I'll exp- I'll try. I that. think it actually is really fun. I mean, yeah. I if if COVID wasn't a thing, I'd be playing. <laughs> well, the last thing I just uh, you, you you said you watched Soul uh, a few mm. episodes back, and um, oh my goodness, I mm-hmm. loved it. I don't know. I and, and I really there was the moment where like I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but the moment where one of the characters kind of goes into a deep hole and seeing everybody oh. kind of like mm-hmm. uh, uh, like all the negative things start to happen to them and they go deeper yeah. into the hole and it's like you know that's I, I think a lot of people feel that way where like you you want to grow and you want to be better a better person and you want to have a good life but somehow like these things keep happening to you or at least mm-hmm. not to you but you keep repeating them after they happen in your head and yeah I don't know. That really it's, kind of it's such a good movie. I mean, amazing. And what I couldn't get over is I, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, "This is not a kids movie." Oh no, not at all. But it's it, not in a bad way. I mean, it's, it's no, a, yeah, for but, kids. But it's so, such a deep movie. Yeah, you can't begin to understand it as a kid. The only thing I didn't understand is if if, if your spark is not what you what you live for, then what 
that that's the only part I didn't get. Yeah, I was kind of like, I think it was trying to debunk the the theory that everyone has something that they're super passionate about and that's what they should do with their life, which I, I actually have thought that a lot, especially for um, our generation. I think we, you know, from birth, we were told like, find what you love and do what you love. And mm-hmm. um, if you can't find it, you feel like something's wrong with you when mm-hmm. you may just not have anything that you really like doing yeah. a whole lot other than just being a person and doing stuff. Well, it just seems um, like it was made into this goal. And and I think mm-hmm. the problem is that there is it, there is no never, like once you, you're not going to get there. It's like it's mm-hmm. the path that you enjoy getting there. And yeah. I don't know, that sounds like a really cheesy, like inspirational quote, but well, like, <laughs> it's true. It's like you yeah. enjoy the path to like what you're doing and, and, and the activity of it. You don't just get there and then you're blissfully happy for the rest of your life, you know? Right. Right. And if you realize that sooner rather than later, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm slowly yeah. learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. And, and that's what I said, exactly said to Andrew was that, yeah, that was really corny, but I liked it because it was really corny. Yeah. Like it was, it was good because it was yeah. so corny. <laughs> that was awesome. Feel positive. I'm ready for another week of the Biden presidency. I know. It's just going to get better and better. It's going to get better and better. Well, maybe. <laughs> Oh I feel like we may be like at the high point right now and then it's going to be going. Down. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me that. <laughs> well, thanks right. everyone for listening. And um, once again, uh, if you want to give us a call or send us a text, um, mm-hmm. you can reach our hotline at 502-653-9157. Uh, you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I think we're in two other platforms. I forgot. Overcast and Pocket Cast as well. And, yeah. So mm-hmm. you can go ahead and subscribe on those and uh, you'll get a notification when we post our next episode. Um, yep. And uh, we want to thank again James Goldman for coming yes, on. Yes, thank and you, really James. Appreciate it. And we will probably have you again. Yep. All uh, right. Well, thanks, Bye-bye. everybody.